Stick with this flame, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on another fantastic guest, and this is David Sutcliffe. He is a somatic practitioner. So welcome to the show, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great here in Austin, Texas. Happy to be here. Awesome, man. Happy to have you on board. So I've just done a real brief intro right there, David, and I'm sure when I just said you are a somatic practitioner, I've got the majority of my audience right now going, what on earth is that? So please introduce yourself. Yeah, well, I'm trained in a modality called core energetics. Core energetics is a a somatic psychotherapy, and it uses different uh, physical techniques like hitting, punching, kicking, breath work to help people access feelings held in our bodies and hidden from our awareness. And I had done a lot of talk therapy in my 20s, and uh, which was really useful for what I, I, I describe as understanding the math of your problem. You know, things happen to us in our childhood, and then um, we play out some of those patterns as adults. But I wanted to feel, like really feel my feelings, and I was struggling with that. And this modality gave me uh, all the opportunity and and the techniques to be able to dive in and, and really feel and express everything that was inside me. And, and you know, intuitively, we, we I think we, most of us know it's good to feel our feelings, in, you know, in context, um, and that repressing and holding back our feelings is, uh, is unhealthy, both, uh, psychologically, spiritually, uh, physically. Um, so this, this modality, uh, it gives you the opportunity to just, just not, you don't have to hold back anything. And, um, uh, and I found that very healing and cathartic. That's interesting. So when you talk about feeling your feelings, what exactly does that mean? It means raging, crying, feeling your pain, um, feeling your uh, the places we have unconscious resistance to life, which I, I think is is the source of most of our ailments. Uh, un- really, it helps us understand our defenses. Um, but most of us uh, have pain, grief, fear, anger uh, that is locked inside us, and the reason it's locked inside us is because it wasn't safe to feel it uh, when we were a child. And so we shut down and then we uh, rationalize our experience in order to make sense of it. And we create belief systems around all the things that happened to us. I mean, the imperative for a child is to stay in connection in favor with their caregiver. So any aspect of themselves that they feel is going to threaten that connection, they're going to disown. So any feelings that they uh, bring up or exhibit that the environment, the caregivers, the parents, uh, whether directly or indirectly reject um, or don't allow, uh, that gets kind of locked up inside us. And, and that holding of, of that emotion uh, can create problems for us, both, as I said, um, psychologically, but also physically. I mean, we, when you're holding on with tension to uh, uh, feelings in your body, like it, it creates, I mean, I had back pain for a long time. I had all kinds of ailments and all of it went away 
when I learn to really feel and express my feelings. That's really interesting. I mean, I've often said that I think we live in an age of emotional incontinence. I feel that the greater problem in society feels to me more like the opposite. Um, yeah. I think that people are being led by their feelings and their emotions far too much to the point that it's overriding their rational thought and overriding their duty. So I'm assuming there's some type of balance to be had here. So what is the balance between feeling our feelings and not becoming a slave to our feelings? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and I agree with you. I think uh, that is the problem in society is that people are being uh, run by their feelings, usually from a place of uh, victimization. They uh, make themselves a victim um, and then they can rationalize anything from that place. And the work that I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to teach people is self-responsibility. So you want to take responsibility for your feelings. So, which means that you're not necessarily going to act out on them. So what I'm trying to teach people is to contain their feelings, to understand their feelings, to come into relationship with their feelings. So they're not acting out in an unconscious way. Now in my workshops, you know, we, we have a space with, you know, pillows and different things, um, soundproof where people can uh, get all of that out. And there's something about, uh, releasing it, discharging it in that way that helps us understand it. And, and so we're less likely to act out on it in, in the world. So actually what I'm teaching is, is exactly what you're saying is like, understand your feelings, uh, have a safe space to express them. Um, but then you have to learn to contain them. And you have to learn to take responsibility for them. And I think once you learn to take responsibility for your feelings, um, you're a lot more present in life and you have a lot more power and you have a lot more awareness about the dynamics of, of your relationship and you understand yourself and your motivations in a much deeper way. So my experience of it is that it, it, if done in the right way, uh, it makes you a much more powerful, uh, integrated human being. That's interesting. When you say safe space for feelings, what do you mean by that? Because the term safe space, again, has perhaps been uh, overused <laughs> and misused to the point that when when someone says that they uh, they need a safe space, that can be interpreted in a, a lot of different ways. So when you say safe space for feelings, what does that actually mean? Yeah, well, it's 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 an intentional space. So the spaces that I create, I mean, they're safe in a sense, but the, the only rules that we have or don't hurt physically hurt anyone else. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt the room. Like don't slam something. Um, but anything else goes, which means you can discharge your anger, frustration. You know, you can uh, judge another person, um, scream at them, like whatever comes up, it's all fair game. I mean, it's almost like sports. I mean, that's, I got all of that out when I was a hockey player. Cause when you, you know, you're on the, on the pitch or on in the rink playing hockey, whatever it is uh, for a man, at least it's almost like anything goes right. You're well, there's certain boundaries, but you can let yourself go. And so I was looking for a place outside of that, that I can do that. And that's what this work, uh, at least the way that I facilitate it, that's what it provides for you. Um, so it's not safe in the sense that we're there to protect people. We're actually there to expose them to all of, uh, the judgments, the, the, the anger, the frustration, 
um, that you're going to experience out in life. Like I, I agree with you what's going on. The way that safe spaces are being talked about and used again, it's come, it's from a place of victimization. It's unconsciously what they're saying is you can't say anything that is going to hurt my feelings. And they're not taking any responsibility for the fact, well, it's, it's your feelings. Like you're responsible for them. Like what somebody else says to you, um, that's not in your control. And so you're a, you are in fact a slave to the world. You are being impacted and add effect to, to what other people are doing or saying. And so I'm, I'm actually teaching the exact opposite, but, but the safe space that I'm, I'm talking about is really just, um, it, it's, I mean, you, it takes a skilled facilitator, but, um, I mean, who doesn't want a space where they can just let everything out? Well, you don't have to, I mean, the invitation is you don't have to hold back anything and all this negative stuff, all the shadow material that we have, and we all have fantasies about getting revenge or, you know, we want to say things that aren't nice, like the meanness, the cruelty. And, and it's a place where you can um, express that with intention, with consciousness. And that's the key because we're always bringing it back to the self, but that, that, that opportunity to just let everything inside you out, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing and it, and it's, it unleashes all kinds of energy. Um, and, uh, which I think, you know, held back energy, emotion, thoughts, feelings, um, that's what creates distortion. I mean, this is why the, the free speech debate is, is so interesting. It's like when you hold back saying what you think you, you create all kinds of problems and you can't get to the truth. And so what I'm trying to do is just let everything come out, let it all come out and see what's there, see what's underneath. And, and, and it's, it all happens in layers as well. There's, there's layers of emotion, there's layers of feeling and ultimately, ultimately what it is, it's always going to take you to the center of your pain. Right. And, and so in some sense, like the work that I do and the work that David Goggins does, it's the same. What's he saying? Go to the center of your pain and feel that. And that's what's going to make you stronger. And that's, that's ultimately what I'm doing. I'm working with the layers that people mm. have to take them to their deepest pain. And so that they can know that they can feel that and that it's okay. And that's going to make mm. them stronger. It's going to make them more courageous. Uh, it's going to make them uh, more effective out in the world. They're, they're not going to be avoiding life in the same way because they're, you know, so much of, of the, what we avoid in life is because we're afraid, we're afraid to feel, I don't want to do this thing because I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to do this things because I don't want to be afraid. Well, if you can get over that, then, then, you know, life opens up for you immensely. Man, you've, you've touched on so many interesting things that I, that I often think about. Because I think we live in a very paradoxical time. We live in this strange time where survival has never been easier. I mean, if you think back to previous generations, previous centuries, let alone previous millennia, I mean, if you live, especially in the modern Western world or a developed country in 2023, it's like life is so easy. Survival is so easy and so comfortable. Um, the massive threats of nature and the potential of starvation and famine and pestilence and war, all these things that used to just take people out left, right, and center every single day, you know, by, by the millions. Um, we, we've largely overcome a lot of that. We've overcome so many things. And we're in this weird paradox point where 
it seems like the more comfortable people become and the more luxuries they have and the easier the basic survival becomes, the more detached people become from the human condition in one sense, but also the more they start to fight against themselves. I mean, I've never seen, we seem to be at an all time high of depression and anxiety and mental health issues and people doing therapy and taking this drug and taking this, like it, it's very, it's very weird. I look at the world in some ways and it seems like, yeah, obviously things are easier and better than they've ever been, but also with that has come this whole host of new problems, which we now need to sort out. And it's, it's very strange. It, it seems like an, an odd paradox to me. I actually spend quite a lot of time thinking about this, this weird paradox of how it seems like, yeah, it's simultaneously getting easier, but for a lot of people simultaneously getting harder, partly because it's getting easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. I, I, I mean, I, there's obviously there's, a, I think, so many factors that are contributing to that. And I think one of them is just the, the, the rapid rate of technological change. I mean, you know, we went along as a species for hundreds of thousands of years and, you know, hunter gatherers, and then we became agrarian and, and life was pretty much the same generation after generation after generation. And people were just, as you said, they were just trying to survive. But since the industrial revolution, it's just the, the, the rate of change has been so rapid I think that um, it's hard for our minds to catch up. And so I, I think that's part of the, the source of, uh, of the neuroses. Um, it's just that it's like the, the world is changing so quickly. It's just we just can't uh, integrate it. And I don't think people know what to do. And it's also the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of um, – the institutions what's happening right now. So I think people don't feel solid in anything that said, I think this is just how life goes. Um, I mean, if you think of your own life or uh, usually you need a crisis and then you have a kind of breakdown and then from that place you rebuild, that's sort of the hero's story. And that that's the pattern that, that, that plays out. We hit, we hit a limit and uh, what we knew about ourselves and about the world, um, it's no longer relevant or useful or, or it's no longer effective. And so we have to change. And that change is difficult because it requires a shift in our identity. And people don't like to be in the unknown. They like to hold on to what they know. And so in some sense, I think that's what we're going through, like that all of this is inevitable and it's just part of the change. Uh, that is happening and, and that there is something I hope <laughs> on, on the other side of this that is positive, but certainly uh, it's disturbing and confusing because it just feels like, um, the worst side of people is coming out. And I, I, to be honest, I think what's underneath it, when I look at, you know, what's going on with, with the woke crowd, it, it, it just seems to me underneath all of that, that is fear. They're just scared. They don't understand what's going on. And they're traumatized in some way. Um, and they're lashing out. And they're uh, trying to control uh, life because that's the thing, that's the belief that they have that that's what's going to make them feel safe. Now, obviously, that's how I look at things because 
I've done all this psychological training. So I, I tend to, to look at the culture through that lens, but, but that's what I see is just, it's a tremendous amount of fear. Yeah. I hear that. What I've noticed with that, that, you know, what you called the woke crowd there is, um, having an, you know, these are people who don't have an internal locus of control. So they right. want to control everybody else. They want to control every single other person, every single system and institution and even other people's minds, right? Like it's not even enough for them that you behave correctly and civilly. It's like, you must think the right thoughts, right? Like every single thought. And what's interesting as well with that group is it's never people who themselves are like well put together and impressive. Right. I, I don't mm -hmm. know anyone who's like <laughs> jacked and woke. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like no, I every, say that every time I see a woke cheek, post but... by like a bro, I just go check out his, uh, his page. And every time <laughs> the, the dude, it's like, you don't lift, you don't look healthy. I mean. it's, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it seems to me like when, you know, you have people who have the internal locus of control and then they're about self-improvement, right? How can I make myself better physically, mentally, spiritually, education, finances, relationships, whatever they're okay, cool. Like I can't control the whole world. Like the world is messy. People are messy. Nature is messy. The institutions are failing us or whatever. What can I control? Cool. I can, I can go to the gym. I can make sure I've got my stuff in order. I can make sure I treat my family, my friends, other people. Well, I can do my best to help and uplift other people, but I sort of understand, okay, 99.9% .9 of the stuff out there, I don't have control over, right? I'll do my little bits that I can, but my focus every single day is like, okay, what can I do in this moment rather than who can I go out and scream at or chastise or, you know, what picket, what, what sign can I hold up and start marching yeah. in the streets with a bullhorn and whatever. So I think there seems to be, um, there seems to be a lot of that going on and perhaps it's not, perhaps it's not new. I think that the social media phenomenon has just made it very visible and amplified it and made mm -hmm. it so that it can go viral very globally, very quickly. But I, when I look at human history, it seems like these sort of types of people have always been there. I, you know, I think the, I don't think wokeness is really new. I just think we're in the sort of latest iteration of it, but people have always exhibited those types of behaviors, especially on mass under various circumstances. I completely agree. I, and I think part of it is, um, you're behind a computer screen. Like some of the things that people say online, they would never say to your face. And because you get popped, you know what I mean? You just, you wouldn't do it. You don't have the courage to do yeah. that. And so I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of anger and a lot of resentment. They're unhappy with their lives. And um, they want to take that bitterness and, and resentment out on other people. And so they get this kind of uh, hit of negative pleasure and be able to dig in at people. Um, but it's really just an expression of their own pain, their own, their own sadness, their own resentment. It's, they're not, they don't feel in control of their lives. Um, and the, 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 making themselves a victim is very seductive. It's somebody else's fault. It's a system's fault. It's white people's fault. It's women's fault. It's men's fault, whatever it is. It's like, it's somebody else's fault. And you know, what you said is absolutely right. I mean, you can only control yourself and, and, and self-responsibility is all we have. It's the, it's the most powerful state of mind that you can have that I'm responsible for my life. And I'm the one who has to take action. And, and, you know, if I'm keep, you know, it happens with my clients all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm keep dating girls or keep dating crazy women. It's like, well, why are you choosing crazy women? Like that's, you're the, you know, the, the common denominator here. What is it inside you? 
And that's that's the reframe that I think that, um, you know, these these people need to, to have because it's it's just where all your power is. And uh, yeah, that external locus of control, it just it just keeps you a victim. It keeps you resentful. And it, it's an epidemic right now. And it gets encouraged, which is to me the most devious thing. And, and politicians and the media is playing off that. Um, they're feeding into these feelings of, of resentment uh, for mm-hmm. political gain. And so, it, it, yeah, it, it, it feels like a dark time. I'm, I'm trying not to be cynical about it because I think you're right. This is, this is a pattern. This isn't a new thing in history. I think the social media has, has exacerbated it. And I, th- I think we're still coming to terms with that. But again, that's, for me, it's exciting. This is an opportunity. You know, it's like, oh, I have to be more disciplined. I have to get my shit together even more because there's so much fucking chaos going on. Like, that's a call to action. You know, there's an adventure here and there's an immediacy to it. So in some way, I, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm living through this insanity because it's, it's bringing out the best in me. Yeah, I hear that totally. There's a massive opportunity here. And I think that we are, I mean, we're, we're seeing it even with ourselves as individuals. I mean... The fact that we can gain tens, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers and listeners and people online simply by sharing our thoughts and speaking and seeking the truth and having conversations, like it it never ceases to blow my mind. Like increasingly, as every week, every month goes by, like I I increasingly get sort of freaked out by the number of people who, who know who I am. I mean... It's cool in one way, and it's 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 what I wanted, but it's also very strange that I can just you know grab this and I can like post something which a million people might see within twenty four hours, and that is that's never existed before, you know. Even if you were a king, if you were the ruler of a nation, perhaps you could reach a million people in a short space of time. But I, I think it's it's so yeah that there's all the concern. But with that concern is a massive seed of opportunity for, Mm -hmm. I would say, normal people to just go out there and be authentic and be heard Mm -hmm. and really grow something from it where this could this could be a business. It could just be personal. It could just be having a having a social influence and being able to inspire and motivate people in various ways. And with all the victimhood stuff, it's interesting because I have two different mindsets on this. And even in a single day, in a single hour, I can flip-flop between them. Sometimes I look at people who are grabbing onto the all the victim narratives and blaming everybody else but themselves and, you know, just stuck in, stuck in that loop. Um, sometimes I look at that and it frustrates me because I want to, I want to help them, right? I, mm-hmm. I want to I help people. I'm trying to understand them and this and this. And then... Sometimes I'm like, ah, the competition is weak. Good. <laughs> yeah. I flip-flop between them, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm like, man, okay, if, if, if all of you guys don't even want to, y'all don't even want to try. Like, you're, you're mm-hmm. not even putting, you're not even doing the basics. So, okay, cool. This makes it easy for someone like me who's very motivated and disciplined to come in here and just clean up in whatever aspect it is. But then, you know, I go back to, man, but like, my whole mission is to help people, you know, like I want to help people. I want to uplift people. I want to at least try to give people the tools and some messages. And, you know, it's, it's weird because you can put that out there and a lot of people like it, but you also just get so much 
flack and spite and anger and whatever and venom in return. And I'm like, man, I'm 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 not out here spreading venom. Like you might not like or agree with everything I say, but you know, I'm trying to uplift, I'm trying to help people. And it's very weird when you're trying to do that. It's you know, I guess it's like if someone is drowning, it's actually very dangerous to try to save them in certain ways because you know they they want to they they end up pulling you in and you have to be very, very cautious with how you approach it. That that's a great analogy. And I use it all the time, you know, cause I, I was trained as a lifeguard. And when you approach a drowning swimmer, you, you have to uh, tread water with your foot out uh, so that if they reach for you, you, you kick them away cause they will pull you down. And <laughs> yeah. as a, as a psychotherapist, you know, I think about it all the time. There's certain people that don't want to be helped. Um, they just want to come in and they want to, um, you know, complain about their problems. And, and, and that's, you know, an aspect of psychotherapy. It's like people need their, their emotional experience validated. And so, you, you know, people have been hurt and they're frustrated and they're upset and they're angry. And so I have a lot of compassion and sympathy for that. But at a certain point, um, you have to make a choice, as, as we said earlier, that you have to take responsibility for it. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same way you do. Like I, I have a lot of compassion and, and there's a place where, um, where that resentment and anger is, can be, is so destructive. I feel like I have to protect myself. And so I have to, I have to push them away or block them or, or just not engage with them. I, I what I hope, and this has happened to me, uh, in my life is that when I, I want to stay open for people to change. And if people reach out for help um, or, or are willing to engage in, in honest dialogue, like a real discussion, uh, I'm completely open to that. But if it's just about uh, winning the argument and, and, and discharging frustration and blame and, and making the other person bad or wrong, I mean, I, I just I don't engage with it because it's, it's not useful. I, there's a, a side of me that feels sad. But yeah, then there's this other side of me. It's like, well, you know, you're making your choices, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Our podcast today is sponsored by The Wellness Company. Did you know that nearly 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced overseas? That's an alarming statistic. If you don't have an emergency kit on hand, it's time to get prepared. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications that every single American should keep in stock. It comes with a 22-page instruction guide on safe medical use for everything from snake bites to COVID to bioterror events. Another stellar product from the wellness company is Spike Support. Whether you got vaxxed or not, the virus is still among us in some capacity, as well as the related spike protein. Spike protein can cause brain fog, tissue damage, blood clots, and more. Spike Support is a detoxification powerhouse that aims to strengthen the body's natural immunity and flush out spike protein, so you can get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Get both of these products by going to twc.health forward slash Zuby and get 15% off with the discount code Zuby. That's twc.health forward slash Zuby and use discount code Zuby to get 15% off. Disclosure, the medical emergency kit is only available to U.S. residents. Dude, I, f- I feel exactly the same way. And this has sort of evolved over time as well, because I mean, I've been, I mean, I, look, I've been on every social media platform pretty much for over a decade. Um, I've been putting myself out to the public for half of my life at this point. And it's really interesting, especially as, as popularity and reach and influence grows, how you start to, what I've noticed is there are far more, I'm aware of types of human beings that exist now that I wasn't aware of 
four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And four or five years ago, I was already a decade into my journey. But when you're just reaching so, so, so many people, like every day I see something that I still see things that surprise me every day on the internet. And I'm just like, I did not know this type of human being existed because in the real world, I don't associate with people like that. I don't have any friends or people I went to school with or whatever who are like that. And I'm just like, wow, there are some, <laughs> there are some, there are some very far gone people out there. And it, 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 it's, it's really fascinating because I mean, the first 10 years I was on Twitter. I blocked nobody. Mm. I blocked no one for 10 years. And I actually was of the opinion of like, you know, I thought, and I, I, I see this now from people with smaller accounts when I even talk about blocking sometimes is, you know, I thought, oh, you know, blocking, you know, you, number one, you don't, you don't need it. And number two, oh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit like weak. And then once I got past, maybe it was 50,000 or hundred thousand followers. I was like, okay, now I, I understand it changes and it changes exponentially. And you just start dealing with, it. I'm like, whoa, okay. And like, I see why there are some people out there. I don't even know if they're people, right? There's some accounts. <laughs> some of them right. could be bots. Some of them, like, I don't, I don't even know what they are, but it's like, whoa, this is not even, this is not, a, this is not an individual you can have, have a conversation with. Like there's no, this is just pure hundred percent malice from one end. And it's just, it's just destructive. And it does, it's not, doesn't just affect you, but if they're there, causing drama amongst like everyone else who was trying to follow and interact and what I'm just like, man, like you just got to kick this person. You just got to kick this person out or you get people who there's accounts that, you know, they, most people aren't even aware of this. Like if you're, if you're high profile, like they, they try to get your account banned. Right. They try wow. to like, see, right. Like whether it's mass reporting or it's like stirring some crazy. And I'm just like, wow, I've never, this level of malice for some, someone I've never interacted with. Like, I don't know you, you don't know me. And I just started seeing all this. I'm like, wow. Okay. Now I have a better understanding of why certain things are done a certain way. And I'm not even at, you know, the biggest level yet. I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know if you're Elon Musk, I don't even know how you, right. How you, I don't understand how you even navigate the world, right. Let alone Twitter, which is just generally, it's like, man, you just have to constantly be thinking of this stuff. I heard the other day that um, Mark Zuckerberg spends, I think, $3 million a month on security, wow. personal security, right? And it's like, <laughs> that's when you're also just like, man, I don't want to be that successful. <laughs> like, like, that's that's crazy. I mean, I understand it. I understand it. But it's just like, isn't isn't that kind of sad in a way, though? Isn't it sad that that even is necessary yeah well you're i mean you're completely isolated from society and it, 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 i would imagine well I, I i know this because i i spent you know 20 years in hollywood as an actor and um there's a real cost with that kind of fame mm. um and a bubble gets created around you and i mean your, your your dreams have come true in some sense um, but there is a price that you have to pay. It was the same with, uh, you know, Hugh Hefner. I, when I first got out to LA, I went to a bunch of parties and I, I knew somebody that knew him really well. And I got to be around him a little bit. And it seemed to me at the time he had like eight girlfriends and these big parties and celebrities everywhere. And everybody was, you know, he was the man. Everybody came up and, and wanted to meet him and shake his hand. But when I really looked at him, he looked lonely. Which makes sense. Like, who can relate to half? And and yeah. everybody wants something from him, and so they're they're using him in some way. And he's just not one of the, the the regular people. He can't just walk through the party and 
and meet people and trust that the interaction that he has with them is going to be authentic um, because everybody is in some kind of uh, projection or transference with him. And, you know, you face that and, and any famous person, you know, big and small is going to face that. I mean, you, you know, we face, you know, it's projection, but we call in psychotherapy is transference. So when I'm, when I'm working with a client generally, they're unconsciously transferring their their father onto me. I'm I'm father. I'm dad, and I have to know that. I have to work with that. That, um, uh, and I can use that in in some sense to uh, to help them navigate their feelings and emotions. And, and it helps me not take anything personally, of course, because when they're talking to me, if they're frustrated with me or upset with me, or which is negative transference. And they might have positive transference that everything I do is just wonderful and I can't make any mistakes, but, and, and both are seductive in their own way, but it's not really about me. They're not seeing me. And so it's, it's the same for, for you. It's like, you're just a mass projection because people don't know you, you know, these people. And so who, who you represent something to them and it's good. It's going to be different for different people, but you know, somebody who's successful, somebody who speaks their mind, somebody who has integrity, you know, uh, somebody who's thoughtful and somebody who has power and influence. And, and I think most people are longing for those things. And, um, if they feel like they can't achieve that because of the circumstances of their life, then, then they might look at you and just want to take out their frustration on you and, and turn you into a bad guy. And I think the skill is and I don't know what your journey with this has been. Uh, is how do you not take that person personally? Because as you said, there's a lot of vitriol um, coming at anybody, mm-hmm. uh, whatever side of the argument you're on, um, coming at people online, and it's it's uh, the it's which is the other thing that I think is hard to confront. It you know especially post you know. COVID is just how dark the world can be. And, um, and again, I, I, I don't want to be cynical about it, but you know, people get captured, um, by dark mm-hmm. forces, dark forces inside themselves and they rationalize it. And you can feel the energy out there that wants to control, uh, imprison, kill mm-hmm. like it's it's a vibe and it's it's not my imagination i mean it's no, like 100%. it's it's real and you know when i think about it, it's like as you said it's like well when i think about history this is actually common this is the pattern this is how mobs have operated and maybe we thought you know because of democracy and capitalism that we we'd gotten past that but no that that human instinct that that part of our nature is alive and well yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I make a point. I've made this point in many podcasts. And I say that as far as I'm concerned, hum- we are only different from our ancestors in two ways. I don't think human beings have not fundamentally changed over hundreds or even thousands of years, right? We are we are the same. We have two advantages over our great, 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 great grandfathers. Number one is that we have better stuff. We have tech. <laughs> Right. We have better technology. Yeah. We, can, we can do cool things like this, like have a conversation across a giant ocean in real time and see each other in high definition and then spread that out to many more thousands of people. That's pretty cool. So we have better stuff and we have access to history. 
Mm-hmm. So we have access to, I mean, should you choose to seek it out, which many people don't, we have access to all of this collective integrated knowledge over millennia, which we can study and learn from, right? So we can look back even the past hundred years, look back at the 20th century, see some of the terrible, awful things that happened, the mass psychoses, uh, wars, genocides, like people going crazy, different ideologies and isms and schisms rising up and being conquered and all of these things. And we can know not what what to repeat and know not what not to repeat because we can just see what happened in the past. So when you see a bad idea coming down the pipeline, right? If someone's pushing some idea, the reason we know that they're even bad is it's like, wait, that's been tried before, right? If someone right. comes up, you know, hey, I've got this idea, it's called communism and this is how we're going to do it, right? And you're like, wait, 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 we've got data on this. Let's look... <laughs> Let's look yeah. back at every single country where this has been tried. Let's look at what happened. Let's look at how many people, you know what? That's a bad, that's a bad idea, right? Cause it, and people didn't know that until it happened. I'm sure at the time, you know, there were some people who were like, hmm, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure about this one, but a lot of people are like, you know, well, actually that, why, why don't we try that one out? You know? And then it plays into base human nature. And if people don't learn from history, then it does just, you know, as they say, it doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And that, because because we haven't changed right everyone is prone yeah. to we're, we're, yeah. we're both in terms of our virtues and our vices and the way we behave individually versus how we behave collectively and the same person as I, yeah, i'm sure you you're, you're very well aware of this you know the same individual can behave very differently in different circumstances right there if there's some riot or there's a mob or there's it could be online or it could be offline there are people who just get sucked into that and it seems yeah. some people are some people are very susceptible to it some people are far more resistant but there's going to be a percentage of people who just just get sucked into that and they'll start doing and saying things that they you know they absolutely would not if they were just by themselves mm-hmm. they might even go out and start breaking things and you know committing violence and looting and like looting is quite an interesting phenomenon because i look at that and i'm like i'm sure most of those people don't normally steal yeah right but they're just caught they're they're caught up in the thing the uh, responsibility is diminished because it's like, okay, well, if everyone else is doing it, I'm probably going to get away with it. There's just so many interesting things going on. And um, I've never formally studied psychology, but I feel like I've sort of uh, just through what I do, what, through what I do, I've kind of gained an honorary uh, degree in it over the years. And it, it's very fascinating because I don't think there's anything more interesting. There's nothing more interesting to me than human beings. I, I agree. That's why I got into the work that I that I'm in. I it, it, humans are fascinating. It's it's a puzzle to solve, and and th- there are patterns. And um, but because everybody's a little bit different, um, the way that uh, that pattern manifests can can be different. It can look very different. And you know, it's interesting what you said. Uh, again, I agree with you. I don't I don't think we've changed that much. And with all the technology yet, yeah, we have access to all of this information. We have all the information that's out there we have access to. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So we can really um, study it for ourselves and, and we can learn and come an autodidact and, and really make an evaluation and, and yes, and see these patterns in history at the same time that t- technology has also given powerful people the ability to control us. Because we know how susceptible we are to persuasion. We know how susceptible we are to groupthink. And they certainly know that. And we want to stay connected to the tribe. People, that's where it's safe. I mean, that's, that's in us. Like, you go outside the tribe, uh, you're going to have a hard time surviving. 
And that base instinct is still there. So you, and you see it with the, with the virtue signaling and everything else. It's like, I need to signal to my tribe that I am one of them so I can stay in favor with them so I can survive. And it takes a certain kind of character to be able to step outside that and, uh, speak their own mind and even, even let themselves know what they think, because there is a mechanism in the mind that will not even let ourselves know information that might threaten our connection with, with the end group. So we we're constantly deluding ourselves. And, you know, I went through this, I was a actor in, in Hollywood um, for, you know, 20 years voted for Obama twice and thought Republicans were insane. I bought into everything. And then uh, Trump came along and I saw the things that they were saying about him. And I was like, wow, he said that? And then I would go watch the clip. I'm like, that's not what he said at all. And I wasn't like into Trump. I was just like, that's a lie. That's not healthy. That's not good for democracy. Like what is going on? And that really woke me up to uh, the true nature of media and politics. Obviously, many people had already been woken up, but that was my wake up. And then I had this experience of sharing what I thought online and just getting hammered uh, mm. because anything that wasn't Trump is a Nazi, uh, you were supporting Trump. And uh, so I went through that process of, of essentially getting kicked out of my in-group. And uh, I, yeah, it was, it was not easy. And so I have a lot of compassion and sympathy for people. I also had, you know, I had a relationship with this woman years ago and she was like an ardent feminist uh, online blasting every day. Uh -oh. uh, she was, a, she was a right. Ex exactly. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was a writer in Hollywood. I, I could have warned you about that one if we'd known yeah, each other earlier. Yeah, I, well, I knew what I was getting into. I guess I just wanted to have the experience. But she was a writer in 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 L.A. and for television, and and she was always you know online about how unfair it was for women. Well, you know, which on some level, fair enough. But I asked her. I said, "Hey, you know, do you think it's harder or easy for you to get a job as a writer in L.A. being a woman?" And she thought about it, and she said. Well, it's probably easier for me. I said, then why are you every day online? Like, what is this? And she, she copped to it. And then what she said was very interesting and revealing. She said, well, this is what I talk about with my friends. Mm. So all mm. of the, her ideology was really just a way that she connected with her friends. That's what they got together. And if she were to suddenly say oh actually it's it's not so unfair actually i'm i'm advantaged as a woman in hollywood she was afraid that she, you know her friends would push back and she'd get kicked out so and i think we all have that instinct and so i'm 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 sensitive to it up to the point where they are doing real damage and and coming after people mm -hmm. man so many interesting things going on there you know there's a point you, you made earlier where you were talking about the decline of trust in various institutions. And I think one of the hardest things for people right now, and I, I, I think this is just, I feel like it's been nonstop since about 2015. I feel for the past eight years, people have just been struggling to make sense of things. 
Mm-hmm. I think regardless of someone's political views, regardless of their religious views, regardless of like where they are, if you're just, especially, you know, whether you're in the UK, but even more so in the US, it seems like there's been a constant eight years of things just not making sense to people and mm-hmm. people not knowing who and what they can trust. And I think, you know, it's okay if there's one thing that's, if there, you know, you've got a table with, I don't know, say you have a table and it's got, it's got 10 legs and, you know, one of them is a little wobbly. It's like, that's fine. But if like every single one of the legs is just shaking and shaking and you don't know, wait, like, is, is this whole thing going to collapse? And it, it's interesting because regardless of, you know, I talk to a lot, my, my audience is more, is more conservative, is more right leaning. Um, but you know, it's, but, it, but it's not just that I'm aware, mm-hmm. I'm aware and I communicate with people with lots of different viewpoints. And it's really interesting because both I'm aware there's more than two sides, but for, for the, for the sake of the conversation, yeah. both sides say the same thing. Like they say the same thing about the other side. You, you, you kind of get what I mean. Like someone can be talking and if, if you take the words like left and right out of it, you can't really tell who's talking like, like this side thinks, oh, like they've gone crazy and they've shifted radical and this and this and this. And then the other side is thinking the same thing. And it's just constant confusion. And then during the whole like pandemic period where the info is just is chopping and changing and they're saying this this week and then this and then this and everyone's behaving weird and people are isolated and it's all very inhuman. And it's like, the foot's never just the foot's never come off the gas. Maybe, maybe it is a little bit right now. Like, I don't know if there's a current thing right now, right? Last year it was, you know, war broke out in Ukraine and that, that came sort of and ended the pandemic essentially. And now everyone's, you know, freaking out about this. I I don't know if maybe, maybe right now is a period where they're, they're trying to make a current thing. You know, sometimes they pull out the aliens Mm -hmm. and the UFOs or they try to get people jacked, but I, I don't think there's really a thing right now. And Maybe that's making people even more nervous because they're like, man, what's the what have what have they got planned? Right. Are they are they gonna bring back the lockdowns? Are they gonna like, are they gonna do this? Are they gonna do that? And so it, it, there's just hasn't been a moment of just like, okay, every you know what, just just chill, just mm-hmm. chill. You know, everyone just just relax a bit and go live your life and stop obsessing over this and this and this. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's been um people have been jacked up. <laughs> nonstop yeah. on um you know fear and anxiety and division and polarization and confusion for years on end at this point yeah it's 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 bread and circus as the empire falls and i i agree with you i mean i and i had to make that decision it's like i had to limit my time online because it's just i i'm not immune to uh being having all of that insanity get inside me and I find myself agitated and I'm sitting at dinner talking about it with my my fiance and I'm like what she's like what do you what forget about all this and you know go outside and go for a walk and and, and get into nature you got to get grounded um that I mean that yeah that is the most important thing uh is to yeah as we talked about earlier you have to stay centered you have to stay grounded there there is a way through this um, I'm a little concerned about the election coming up because, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, a leg on a table, not believing that the elections are fair. Yes. That's an end game. I mean, that, yep. that, that's the end of it. And I don't think either side is going to accept 
the election in 2024. Maybe I'm wrong, but mm. uh, it just seems that way. And that that that's what scares me, because I don't know where we go from that. If you have half the country uh, not believing the election results and uh, and I, I think you have I don't say half the country, but I think a, a lot of people think the last election, at the very least, there were some shenanigans and that it wasn't entirely fair. Do you know, um, do you know what people forget, David? Hmm? People what? forget the level of uh, election result denial that <laughs> happened in the 2016 election. Yeah. Right. Exactly. People people talk about the 2020 like it was the first time that people didn't believe. And I was like, what about the whole, you know, Donald Trump is a Russian agent and Russian collusion and interference and all. I mean, it's not a it's not a new it's not a brand new thing it's no, like it's okay not. well you know and look i don't even i don't even talk about the i don't even go into you know the was the election stolen or this like right. I, I i i know a lot of people who are very very into that but um i'm, I'm just like to what what strikes me is the fact that i'm just like well this is the same thing that happened in 2016 like trump That's won right. and even on like on the mainstream media they were like this you know hillary hillary clinton was like this is not he's not a legitimate president right there were some shenanigans there was this there was that and then it happened in 2020 and suddenly everyone you know everyone has amnesia and they forgot that the same thing happened the other way around the previous time but you're absolutely spot on that that the fact that that is happening you know and whoever wins you know that people who voted the other way are going to be like nah like this wasn't fair there was cheating there was stealing it's, it seems almost inevitable at this point that some degree of that is going to happen and you're right that if people don't even have faith on in okay we we at least have fair elections yeah then um yeah you're uh, combined with everything else i mean declining trust in the news media declining trust in every alphabet agency whether it's the fbi or the cia or the cdc or you know, the education board, whatever it is, I don't know. Like it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's traumatizing. Concerning. I mean, if yeah. you're, I mean, think about, again, I'll, I'll bring it back to my framework. If you are a, a child and you're growing, growing up in a family and your parents are completely untrustworthy, they lie to you all the time. They say one thing and do another, but then they hold you to that standard. I mean, and, and, um, you just there's a, a general sense that it's not it's not stable. Uh, that is traumatizing for a child, and I think this what's happening is is traumatizing for a lot of people. I think that's why you know there's so much uh, division and fear and 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 rage because there's nothing to hold on to, and people feel betrayed. I certainly felt betrayed by what had happened to COVID because I wanted to give. Uh, the establishment, uh, I wanted to give them my trust, but uh, mm. they, they, they broke that trust and then they continue to double down yes. and lie. And so what's left for me is like, you yeah. know, you, you have to do something to earn my trust. And again, maybe all of this is inevitable. You know, when you, when you read Ray Dalio's book, changing world order, he, you know, he just, this is a pattern in history, empires rise, empires fall and 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 this is what it looks like when an empire falls which is a little uh sad but again interesting interesting time to go through and so i yeah i i think the most important thing i, I and you can't really understand what's happening in real time um you know the the analogy that i've used before it's like it's like looking at a billboard uh a two-story billboard from like one inch away like you can't 
see the whole thing. You can't take it in. And so I try to be humble <laughs> to that, that I'm probably not seeing things perfectly clearly. And the best thing that I can do is not get too involved in all the drama and just focus on my own life and, and, and focus on my family and, uh, and, and just do the best I can to try to be, yeah. you know, kind and, and, and generous and, and, and just to work hard. That's all. Mm. I think that's a, I think that's a really important message because coming back to what we were saying earlier on in the podcast, you can't control 99, 99% of it, right? Like I have the same, it, it's funny. Sometimes I, I, I have conversations with people and they think that, um, or, or even, even online, sometimes people think that I'm not like aware of some of the threats out there or that I like don't, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm very aware. I'm just also aware that me sitting down every day online or offline and just sort of freaking out and panicking and being paranoid, what, whatever, whatever the thing is, right? Like it doesn't, that's not going to help me. Like that's right. I, all again, all I can do is I can do what I can do. I, I've got to live my life, right? I've only got one here on, on this earth until, you know, afterwards. And so I'm not going to just spend months, days, weeks, years of my time being afraid of whether it's, oh, you know, the climate change is going to kill us all or, um, you know, there, ooh, there's a virus out there and, you know, there's going to be a never ending pandemic and everyone's going to die or this or, you know, or, or even, oh, you know, the globalists are, you know, going to take over and we're going to own nothing and we'll be happy and they're bringing in, ushering in the new world order and this. I'm just like, dude, I, I, I'm. I'm very aware. I know who Klaus Schwab is. I'm aware of the WEF. I'm aware, like I, I, I'm fully aware of all this stuff, but I'm not going to just spend all my time and all my energy and my messaging to just be like giving people even more fear. Hey, here's another thing to be scared of. Here's another right. thing to freak out. Here's another. It's like, look, be aware. Be aware of that there. Yes, there are forces out there and there are strange things going on. Like, don't stick your head in the sand, but look at it all and be like, okay, cool. Let me prepare myself. Let me prepare my family. Let me prepare my career, my future, my finances, whatever it is, so that whatever does come down the pipeline, I will be best prepared to handle it. Oh, you know, oh, there's a new scary disease. You know what? Let me let me be in the best physical health that I can be in so that if, you know, I do. Oh, you know what? Oh, OK. Oh, they got me. Right. OK, I'm sick. OK, cool. A week later. You know what? I'm feeling fine now. Right. Do do what you can. Um, build up your skill set, build up your finances, right? If there's some horrible economic thing, if inflation goes even crazier, okay, cool. Like I'm at least in a position where I'm not going to be out in the street, right? That, that, that's what I recommend to people. It's why I'm always pushing, you know, self-improvement, whether it's just go to the gym, you know, eat better food, uh, work on yourself, find multiple sources of income, you know, connect with other people, build your network, explore other opportunities, not just in your own country, but around the world, connect with people, whatever it is. It's just like, look, just be prepared, right? Be, be prepared. Yeah. I hope, I hope, and I pray every day that like the worst possible thing that could happen is not going to happen. And lo and behold, usually it doesn't. Um, but if it does, if, and when that time comes, let me at least be, you know, capable to deal with it the best way possible. And if I'm not, okay, okay well, you know, again, I can't control everything. So I don't know. That's how I think about it. Well, I think that's the best way to fight it is to become sovereign. I mean, I have this conversation with my fiance. Do we want to fight the old world or, or start building the new? And I, I think the, the world that's being built is, uh, is of sovereign individuals. And I think that's new. 
Uh, that doesn't mean that um, we're completely individualistic, but it means that um, we understand now that, uh, you know, the individual and taking responsibility for ourselves, that that's really the seed of, of everything. And so to make yourself strong and it, that it's in fact, your responsibility to make yourself as for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your, for your nation, like make yourself strong, like get your shit together. Don't be seduced by these addictions. And if you're struggling, get help for it. Uh, and I think the times demand it. I, I, I think, and I've, I've done it. I've wasted a lot of time and energy, you know, screaming into the void about things that I, I cannot control. And it's not that I'm wrong about what I'm saying necessarily, uh, but who cares? It's, it's, I'm not having any impact. I mean, Elon Musk is, you know, he's taking it on certainly. And that's a choice that he's made. And he's that, he has that kind of power and influence and, and I'm glad that he's doing it, but I really think the best way for the average person to, to fight what, what I think is a, a, a kind of, whether it's conscious or not, it's just human nature. Humans want to control other humans. I mean, slavery is something that's been with us for a long time and I don't, I don't think it's gone away. I think it's just taken on a different form. And so we need to be aware of that. And, uh, and so the freedom comes when we're free inside our own mind and we're not free inside our mind. If we're screaming at uh, the elite screaming at the left or the right um, in some sense, you're going back to where we started. You are a slave to your emotions and, 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 and probably again, from my perspective, it's probably some unresolved trauma. Who are you really screaming at? Like when you're screaming at Trump, who is that? Well, I, I can tell you from my experience, it's probably you got some shit with your dad. You know, there's, there's some stuff going on underneath the surface there. That's that it's not about what it's about. And, um, and so I, I'm, ex again, I'm, I'm, despite all the madness, I, I think it's an exciting time and, uh, uh, and there's so much opportunity and there's so much freedom available to people to, to be able to, uh, make money offline to get out of the institute. You don't need to go to university. I mean, you can learn everything you want to know online. You can figure out how to make money online. It's all, it's all there. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating, um, beautiful time in human history. And so I'm, I, I, I try to be grateful for what, what's happening and the opportunity that's here and, and not focus on, on, on the destruction. Amen. And anyone with any, awareness of what's going on around the world and things that have gone on in human history. If you put it in perspective, then we all, regardless of who you are, like we've got so much to be grateful for. And if you don't think that things can get worse, pick up a history book. <laughs> like They can get a lot worse. So let's, let's be glad that we're not, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried that I'm about to be shipped off to, you know, fight a bloody war in a trench or anything like that. So I thank God for that. Um, yeah, we've got we've got our new issues with you know new generations, but we're all going to be okay, people. Everyone listening, we're all going to be okay. David, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm so grateful that you came on, um, especially at late notice to make this happen. I really appreciate that. I, I love your insights. Where can people find and follow you online? Uh, if you go to my website, davidsutcliffe.com, it's all there. You can you can uh, learn a little bit more about my work and and find my social media where I post all kinds of uh, 
videos about uh, emotions and all the things that I talk about. Awesome, David. Really appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for joining the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Appreciate the opportunity. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me is destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang. Y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.